Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to Teen Titans Wasteland. I'm Hub. I'll be guiding you through this excursion into the land of yesteryear. I hope you're having a good new year so far. I'm looking out my window right now, and it is a goddamn winter wonderland out there. We don't get a ton of snow out here in Portland, but we've got some right now, and it's real purdy. So, I got that going for me. Now that I've painted a word picture of my surroundings, and you can imagine yourself here with me, cozy in my comic book room, let's get on to the synopsis. When you drug test the police, you get a cup of hot cop piss. That's fucking gross! Let's hear a synopsis. Teen Titans number 21. June 1969. Written by Neil Adams. Drotted by Neil Adams. Inked by Nick Carty. Teen Titans Roll Call. Robin. Wonder Girl. Speedy. Kid Flash. Special guests. Hawk and Dove. The Citadel of Fear. Previously on Teen Titans, a whole bunch of weird shit happened and our heroes now find themselves as the sworn enemies of an international crime syndicate that is unwittingly being controlled by green-skinned douchebags from Dimension X. Gasp! The only connection the Titans have to the International Crime Syndicate, which, for the sake of convenience, I'm going to start calling the mob, is a mustachioed menace who goes by the catchy codename NG3. They manage to track him down to a warehouse and are about to capture the no-goodnik when they run into a couple of crime-fighting teams named Hawk and Dove. The two groups of costumed teams have a totally unprecedented misunderstanding and end up fighting each other. In the ensuing chaos, the crafty NG3 manages to escape into a teleportation device and Heva mooses. A bit of background on these Hawk and Dove fellows. Hank and Don Hall are brothers who are total opposites. At some point, a nebulous disembodied voice decided to give them somewhat generic superpowers. Hank is a hot-headed athlete who loves to fight. His power is being strong and fast. When he gets his powers, he becomes Hawk and puts on a red costume and decides to fight criminals. Don is a peace-loving bookworm. His power is being strong and fast. When he gets his powers, he becomes Dove and puts on a costume and decides to fight criminals. But his costume is blue. See? Total opposites. Now, back to the synopsis. During the scuffle, Speedy shoots a psychedelic arrow at Dove, which makes the pacifist crime fighter trip balls and knock over some boxes. One of the boxes is about to fall on Wonder Girl's head, but Hawk scoops up the Amazonian teen in his arms and moves her out of the way. This act of heroism convinces the teens that they're all on the same side. Well, except for Speedy, who's being a jealous asshole. They all take a closer look at the teleporter and see that it has two settings. They decide to break up into two groups and beam themselves into each setting in pursuit of the elusive NG-3. Hawk, Dove, and Wonder Girl take the first setting and zap themselves to a secret base in Istanbul where they are trapped in one of those rooms where the walls get closer and closer together and are about to crush them. Fortunately, R2-D2 hacks into the main computer and turns the compactor off. Just kidding. Actually, the bad guys turn the compactor off and decide to use gas on the heroes to knock them out and kill them later for some reason. Good plan. That always works. Meanwhile, Robin, Kid Flash, and Speedy use the teleporter's other setting to zap themselves to a creepy tunnel in Berlin. They think it seems like a trap. And how do you deal with traps? You walk into them. Of course you do. <sighs> a high-tech train topped with laser gun toting goons starts zooming down the tunnel at them. The Titanic trio manages to beat up all the goons and jump on top of the train. Hooray! But then the train takes them into a sealed glass room and turns into a giant robotic spider that attacks them. Hooray! The robo-spider train uses its electrified tendrils to knock the teen heroes out. NG3 and his boss have been watching events unfold from their swanky control room and are about to push a button that will kill the Titans when they receive a hypnotic transmission from their extra-dimensional overlords. 
The mob's new orders are not to kill the Teen Titans, but rather bring Robin and Kid Flash to the bosses in Dimension X and kill the rest of the Titans. Robin and Kid Flash are dragged off, while a still-unconscious Speedy is left in the Robo-Spider-Train room. I really like seeing Robo-Spider-Train. Back in Istanbul, Hawk, Dove, and Wonder Girl have been handcuffed and locked in a dungeon. Bummer. Good thing the bad guys decided to use handcuffs that Dove discovers are made out of a plastic that is both malleable enough to stretch out of, and combustible enough to cause an explosion. Nice work, Dove. Hey, bad guys, you know what else you could have made handcuffs out of? Metal. Just saying. The three costumed do-gooders wedge the wadded-up handcuffs into a crack in the door and use a spark from Wonder Girl's bracelet to ignite them, blowing the door up. Way to do pretend science, guys! They then make their way back to the teleporter and beam themselves to Berlin, where they find Speedy being guarded by the robo-spider-train. The teens manage to first disable the robot, then prevent its lifeless robo-body from crushing Speedy. Hooray! The quartet of costumed characters head off to try to find their kidnapped companions. But first, Speedy punches Hawk in the face for pretty much no reason. I guess because he was jealous that Wonder Girl might like him? What a jerk. Aqualad would never have done that. He would have just pretended he knew what a pop culture reference was, and then made an alliterative exclamation involving a possibly fictional type of sea creature. Hmm. I miss Aqualad. Anyway, the feuding foursome of heroes fight their way to the mob's control room. NG3 and his boss have just received hypnotic orders to blow themselves and their whole installation up in a last-ditch effort to thwart the remaining unkidnapped titans. But the good guys arrive just in time to prevent the attempted self-destruct button pushing. They attempt to question the mob boss, but the extra-dimensional douchebag's hypnosis game is strong, so no dice there. Hawk and Dove have to rush back home before they turn back into plain old Hank and Don, but Speedy feels bad because he thinks he chased them off with his temper. And, you know, the whole face-punching thing. Meanwhile... Over in Dimension X, the Green Goblin-looking dudes have Robin and Kid Flash strapped into some kind of creepy-looking machine. What sinister scheme are these unearthly assholes hatching? How will Wonder Girl and Speedy find their teammates? Will I ever get to say Robo-Spider-Train again? Tune in next week to find out. And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Cory. Hello, Cory. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. What What does this sticker say? It says, I make a difference. Yeah, I make a difference, not Corey. <laughs> he was reading it. I'm very <laughs> literal. It's true. Uh, you probably make a difference. I make some That sounded very dismissive. You make a difference, Corey. Oh, thanks. But not in the same way that I do. Nope. Uh, because I gave blood today, which I bring up for a couple of reasons. First of all, because I am a goddamn hero and you're welcome, world. And second of all, I am also enjoying a cocktail right now. Which, when I asked the guy that I gave blood to... That makes it sound like it was just some <laughs> dude that I handed my blood to. Uh, when I asked the guy who uh, who took my blood in the bloodmobile van if it was okay if I drank later, he gave me this look that was like, well, you're not supposed to, but made it clear that, but I'd think you're pretty cool if you did. So I guess what I'm saying is, A, I'm a goddamn hero, B, I'm a cool, cool guy, and three, if I make a little bit less sense than I normally do, that's the price we all have to pay for me being a goddamn hero. And I'm sorry. Apology accepted. Thank you. So, what'd you think of the issue? Well, uh, question for you. Yes? Hawk or Dove? Ooh. It's a tough one. Mm. God, I, I mean, I go with Dove generally. <laughs> Just but it's your, a, like a, your MO for daily life? or Yeah, well, in, in general, and I mean just whenever, like, 
whenever this question comes up, which it does all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough choice because the way it's generally written between the two of them is that Hawk is an asshole and Dove is a wuss. Yeah. Not a lot of middle ground. No. So, I put the question back to you, Corey. Mm. Hawk or Dove? Shit. You know, similar answer. Although, I gotta say, costume-wise, totally Hawk. Yeah, Dove looks kind of like... Uh, first of all, Essence. Hawk looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like a rooster, though, not a hawk. Yeah, he's got those little things coming, like the, the shredded cape that is always slightly elevated. Yeah, I don't know what that's um, about. Yeah, it's cool looking, though. It is. And conversely, Dove has little tiny fluffy cloud wings that are like come out from his armpits for like a little bit um like flying squirrel armpit doilies a little bit it's a really lame looking costume and it's Mm -hmm. pale blue and white and he looks so gentle yeah he always looks worried which he is yeah he always looks just yeah oh fighting Uh. yeah hawk always looks mad dove always looks like i'm very concerned stop fighting yeah, so I'm glad you brought up Hawk and Dove, which, I mean, obviously we couldn't get through this issue without talking about Hawk and Dove. It's interesting, there are a lot of... Hawk and Dove had been created, when when this came out, they'd been created less than a year ago by uh, Steve Ditko, hmm. who I don't know if you're familiar with him or how familiar you are, but he was the co-creator of Spider-Man mm-hmm. and had left Spider-Man relatively recently at this point to mm-hmm. go and work for Charlton and DC because he was a huge proponent of Ayn Rand and was really difficult to work with and all of this weird stuff about the guy. He's a very strange man. No shit. Yeah. But there were several references in the comic book that were little homages to Steve Ditko when the giant spider robo train shows up, which Uh, I love the spider robo train. Yeah, that was pretty bad. The initial exclamation made is, I believe it's Speedy saying something about like, look at the size of that spider, man. And that's not the only time. Oh, I was wondering why that happened. Yeah, and then later on, Mm -hmm. which is an even more direct reference to Steve Ditko, when Hawk and Dove are lifting the giant machinery on their back to free Speedy, again, Hawk says, first time I was almost buried by a spider, man. Mm -hmm. And that's a reference to one of the very early, very classic, very well-regarded issues of Spider-Man is him triumphing over his own doubt in himself and being trapped in a sewer and lifting some heavy machinery over his back to free himself and save some people. So that's an even more direct reference to Steve Ditko, um, which was kind of fun, and I I enjoyed that. It is kind of weird, the Hawk and Dove characters, Mm. because Ditko created them, and the way they're generally written, if they're not being written by Steve Ditko, uh, because I believe he wrote and drew the first issue, and if not at least had a lot of creative control over the direction that the characters took, Mm. was that he would always, whenever they're not written by him, it's generally written that Hawk is kind of an asshole and Dove is always right and is very brave to stand by his morals of pacifism. Mm. When they're written by Ditko, he just fucking hates Dove. Mm. He uses Dove as a straw man to be Mm. like, these peaceniks are fucking ridiculous. Mm. And have it be... That Dove is very much hiding behind his pacifism because he is a coward. So there's a little bit of that going on in Adam's treatment of the two, but where do you think Adam's falls on the the spectrum of... I don't think he really knows what to do with the characters, Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's a really common thing because it is fundamentally bizarre to have a pacifist crime-fighting superhero. Mm -hmm. And so what generally they have Dove do is go and just kind of like grab people but not hit them Mm -hmm. and like 
this like, I'll just take their guns away and, or I'll try to talk to them. And then obviously my friends are going to have to beat them up mm-hmm. because really all of the problems are solved by violence. And there's a, there is one point in there at which he says like something to the effect of, oh, I'm going to need to reconsider my policy on not punching people yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't think that really reflects Adam's philosophy towards the character or towards peace in general, but I think it is him trying to deal with the fundamental problem and maybe making a little bit of a joke of how bizarre it is that like, oh, well, he's super fast and he's super strong and he goes in and wants to confront criminals, but then won't hit them. Mm-hmm. But it's fine with other people hitting them. Or when other people hit them, he's like, you're such a bully. Yeah, no, he's very disapproving. Yeah. In in part. And then sometimes he's just like, oh, I guess you needed to hit that back. <laughs> he, is, he has one bit of dialogue where he totally, I, I can't read it without, he sounds like Dr. Zoidberg from Futurama in my head when he says it. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to read it real quick. I don't think he generally sounds like this, and I never read him this way before, or even in the rest of the issue, but it's impossible for me to read these lines without reading it like Dr. Zoidberg. It's when they're trapped in the cell, and he's figured out that they have the dumbest captors in the world. Who give them, yeah, plastic uh, handcuffs. Who give them plastic handcuffs that explode. And are stretchy. And are, yes. Which which is such a bad idea. So, Wonder Girl and Hawk, who kind of have a little thing going on. Mm-hmm. Hawk definitely likes Wonder Girl, and Wonder Girl, I think, is kind of into Hawk, she, she too. She appreciates the attention. She does. It's The way that she's written is a little bit troubling in this mm-hmm. issue, and frankly, the last one when, where, where Speedy first mm-hmm. joins the team on a regular basis. But Hawk is yelling at Dove and telling him he should help them try to bang against a wall or something. And Wonder Girl is like, yeah, you're right, why don't you help? And Dove responds by saying, oh the blue-eyed princess says Hawk's right, so it must be so. Perhaps if you'd been interested in the fact that our handcuffs are made of fibrous plastic and that if we slowly apply enough pressure, they stretch. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because that exact panel and that exact bit of dialogue, I, I read that with like a goofy voice in my head also because he seems so like... It's Zoidberg. He's totally Zoidberging there. Oh! I did have this thing in a lot of the dialogue between Hawk and Dove that went back and forth between, yeah... Dove talking like that, and then Hawk sounding like a like a bad like a Dick Tracy villain, or or you know like a. There's that aspect. I pictured Hawk always like typing in capital letters, <laughs> kind of like a bad internet troll. Just you like, have to punch them. <laughs> no, I will do this. I'll just tie my way. Yeah, only. But yeah, so that's that's the Hawk and Dove angle of things, and I thought it was interesting. It was it was nice for Adams to include some. Uh, some Steve Ditko homages in here, and the Robo Spider Train is gorgeous. The art in general in this comic mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, very well executed. The last yeah. issue when Neil took over and it was definitely, or Neil Adams took over and it was definitely a rush job. Mm-hmm. The art was fine, so, but it 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 didn't seem as polished as it does in this. Yeah. So about that last issue, which was the super abrupt, like, and there's aliens again, and and this one kind of picks that up, right? right. Which is the first multi-issue arc that we've experienced so far. So that was kind of my question, though, was was this... I guess I, I'm not really familiar with the, with the process of when people are, are planning out story arcs with, with the comic publications, especially mm-hmm. in, the, in the Silver Age. Do you know if it was something where people 
would sit together in a room and be like, okay, we've got, you know, a, like six months to do this thing. And like, here's what we'd like to do with these characters. Because this seems I very... think that's more what happens now. With this, it was more, I think you had a story and you would run it by your editor. Because mm-hmm. it seemed re- reactionary in a way. Or uh, not reactionary. What do you call? Like, where you... Something happens and then you have to deal with it. So like this last story, it's like, well, we we're going to go this way. And then these aliens showed up because we had to change the story and uh now we got aliens controlling the mob so let's just run with it or was it something that was you know premeditated i, guess? I think it, i think it was to an extent premeditated but all of this issue and frankly most of the stuff that i've read that neil adams has written as opposed to just having drawn just has this kind of just like frenetic oh and then this happens oh i've got an idea and then mm-hmm. this happens and i think a lot of that is neil adams is an amazing artist and I think when he writes, he's just like, ooh, I want to draw this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he just kind of flits from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of disconcerting. But in this context specifically, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's particularly good. And a lot of it, like, calls back to a almost Bob Haney-esque sense of just like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. But with way more things packed into it. Yeah, no, that's I think that's a that's a fair assessment, and I think too the Titans are a good vehicle for that that sort of thing. Yeah, because here you got this bunch of crazy crime fighting kids who are just every time there's anything remotely like trap like, they're like, let's go in there. Yeah, there's also an interesting thing that he did, which I'm surprised more people don't do. And I I mean I think if he was a regular writer on this, it would he would have to figure out a different way around it. But where he has Kid Flash early on hurt his leg. Yeah. And then seems to operate normally, mm-hmm. pretty much, mm-hmm. or the way he generally does in other comics, except for he's always thinking, I'm not as fast as I normally am because of this leg. Mm-hmm. And I think that was his way of dealing with, well, okay, but if it's if it's the Flash or Kid Flash, mm-hmm. he would just run in and get rid of everybody and there's no problems. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was him his way of like kind of depowering him mm-hmm. a little bit to fit the story. And I thought that was actually a fairly smart thing to do. But I wonder if he had written more issues if it was just like, oh, no, my arm hurts. Mm-hmm. Well, on account of using it to make that hurricane. Yeah. In this issue, he's probably a little sore. Right, right. So next issue, probably, mm-hmm. because Neil Adams yeah. does do the next issue as well. Oh, awesome. Probably he'll have, like, a bad shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rotator or, cuff uh, hurricane injury. Right, right. Or just, like, he can sense that there's a storm coming in his yeah. trick knee. Oh, I got hurricane elbow. Oh, yeah, hurricane elbow. Oh. so <laughs> the worst. Man, Speedy's it. Jealous. He he doesn't seem to have a great amount of confidence for how good he is at archery. Speedy is a straight up asshole in this issue, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But before we get to the bad things about him, I want to mention a couple of the good things about him, or the one really good thing about him, which is oh, he's got a psychedelic. That's arrow. where I thought you were going <laughs> with that. <laughs> he shoots Dove near the face mm-hmm. with a psychedelic arrow that just like the arrow flies by him and then suddenly. Dove is just tripping. <laughs> it's. I think it's supposed to maybe just set off like a light display or something, but it very clearly has made Dove just start both literally and metaphorically trip. Oh yeah, and I love that he has a psychedelic mm-hmm. arrow. I could have seen it, and he calls it a psychedelic panels arrow of too. that too. Yeah, well, shit, man. Oh yeah, I would have watched a whole comic book of just Dove stumbling, oh, just like walking around, touching things. <laughs> It's like pupils are super dilated. Oh, how do I know that what's blue to me is blue to you? Why are my legs so long? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably one of my. That's skipping ahead, but that's one of my favorite. Uh, that's pieces of artwork. Certainly, 
reasonable. But the other, the effect that that has, other than me being delighted, mm. is that Dove then knocks over a box, and the box is about to hit Wonder Girl on the head. But in the panels where Wonder Girl is about to get hit on the head, she's just standing over to the side like she's got a headache. Mm-hmm. And Speedy hadn't fired the psychedelic arrow at her, and she hadn't been involved in any of the action previously. So I guess she's like, everybody else was fighting, and she's just like, ah, God, my head's killing me. Because she's just like bending over kind of and holding her head like an Advil commercial. Yeah, yeah, I read that, that she was um, just like, like... in the periphery of the psychedelic arrow, maybe? No, I read it like, oh shit, the box is going to fall on my head. Suddenly I'm not super powerful and can fly anymore. I'm just going to hold my head and like hope for the best. <laughs> All it would have to do is just have her not see the box, which she didn't anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird... I, I, I thought it was very strange. And in general, she is not written as the strong crime-fighting woman that she is. No. She She's after Hawk pick, catches her or scoops her out of the way. Then he just carries her around for what seems like half the issue. Uh-huh. And at one point she's like, put me down. And Hawk is like, says like, I'll put you down anyway, anytime you want. It's like, dude, she just asked you to. And yeah. he doesn't. And then... He does the same thing that Speedy did earlier, where he's like, come on, Wonder Girl, you're on my team, let's sneak off. He keeps they decide that. to split into is. teams. Yeah, no, no, she's very much objectified in this more so than, than usual. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. It, it, it's unsettling to me, which it was really the one black mark on this issue mm. that otherwise was just a lot of fun. And one of the things is, she could have stretched her way out of those handcuffs. They are the worst handcuffs ever. Mm-hmm. And it says that they were specially made for the Titans, too. Yeah, those guys did a bad job. They did such a bad job. They made them not only stretchy enough that they can just stretch their way out of them, Mm -hmm. but then made them also of a substance that will just, if there is a spark near them, will cause an explosion. Yeah, one spark. Yeah, one spark. Which, I didn't know Wonder Girl's uh, cuffs or uh, power bracelets, what are they, The, the things that she has on her wrists, are able to create sparks. That's a good trick. Oh, yeah. No, there's some great science in this issue. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking of great science, another one is where the robot spider is is uh, zapping the Titans, and uh, in the manner in which it zaps Speedy, or I'm sorry, Zats. Oh, yeah. It zats. gives him a Zats. It Zats him good um, <laughs> by, by Zatsing him on the, the path of the arrow which he had shot. So that's something I didn't know about the way that electricity works. Is that it can Oh, yeah. It flies a... through the vacuum that the arrow's flight creates. Yeah. So next and that, time... And that conducts electricity. So all those times I've shot a bow and arrow during a thunder and lightning storm, I've been lucky... Mm-hmm. Boy, not to get zats. Yeah, that's why they say that when you point an arrow at somebody else, you've got a lightning bolt pointing back at you. That's why they say that. I know. It's a very common expression. Wow. <laughs> I learned so much from these comic books. Yeah, there was another, I think maybe my favorite moment in the comic book is, so they've split up into the teams and Wonder Girl and Hawk are off getting trapped in a trash compactor that makes no goddamn sense. Mm. Why not make it a... It was a bunch of columns that closed in on them. Mm-hmm. It seems like the columns would be easy to go between. Was that Turkey or Germany? Uh, Turkey, because they're in okay. Istanbul. Okay. The so, other so, ones are in... Uh, the other Titans went to Berlin. Berlin. Okay, so they're... Um, yeah, you know, just uh, Turkish I, columns. It's a thing. Right. And then the statue that is behind them starts spitting the... Gas. Gas out. And I think that's another example of Neil Adams just being like, 
yeah, I could just make them be in a room where that happens, but I want to draw some columns and these giant ancient statues, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, yeah, go for it, but it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yep, no, it's the old, uh, the old Ottoman gas trap. Yep, oh man, that old chestnut. <laughs> so while they're dealing with the old Ottoman gas trap, Robin and Kid Flash and Speedy are trapped in the glass room with Spider Robot. At this point, it's still a spider train. Ah. It hasn't transformed yet into the robo-spider train. Right. The glass doors have closed in on them. Yeah. And Speedy says, I could take these walls out with a concussion arrow, no problem. And Kid Flash says, yeah, or I could just vibrate through them. And Robin goes, I could get out too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the point. <laughs> right. And I love that. And I think that's so in keeping with my internal characterization of Robin. Mm -hmm. That it's like, no, you couldn't actually, Robin. You mm -hmm. don't have a plan for this. It's like, I could get out too, you guys. It's fine. Yeah. It's no big deal. And I, yeah, I really liked that. <laughs> There's another point, just in terms of some of the character development that happens in this issue, where we've talked about Speedy being basically an asshole in this. Mm -hmm. He comes out as every bit Hawk's equal in terms of just angry for no particular reason all the time. I guess because mm -hmm. he's jealous and insecure. I wonder if maybe Neil Adams was like already like, so a couple years from now, I'm going to give this guy a drug addiction. So let's, uh, let's play with his insecurities, ramp it up that. I don't think he was thinking that far ahead at mm -hmm. all. But maybe. Yeah, it's just, yeah, fight over the girl object. Yeah. But I like that they all have different personalities that are on display except for wonder girl unfortunately mm -hmm. and kid flash is more taking over i think the aqualad role mm. of the level-headed peacemaker mm -hmm. in the group yeah good natured at the very end so hawk and dove i guess there's a time limit on their powers where then they turn back into hank and don yeah including um, their street including clothes. their clothing disappears uh their origins kind of a mess it got retconned later to where the Lords of Order gave them mystical powers that turned them into that. Mm. But at this time, they were just given their... They were trying to help their dad out, who was a judge, who was being chased by criminals. And at one point, they were trying to help him out, and they got locked in a room. And then a nebulous voice was like, Hey, you want to help your dad? Mm. And they're like, Yeah, that sounds great. I love helping my dad. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Okay, I'll give you some powers. That's their origin. That's bullshit. Oh, it's total bullshit. I, I kind of like it. But yeah, nebulous voice. Mm. Pretty great. But at the end, Speedy is talking like they've changed back into their clothing and made excuses like, well, we found our smuggler, so we have to leave now. But really are thinking like, we got to get out of here before we change back into our civilian identities and lose our powers. Mm -hmm. Speedy thinks rather reasonably they have left because he was a total jerk who punched Hawk in the face for no particular reason. After being rescued by him. After being, after having his life saved by him. Mm -hmm. Then, well, okay. So then they decide they need to split up into two different teams for no apparent reason at all. And then in the very next panel, they did not actually split, or they split up like for a second and then got back together mm -hmm. to attack their main control room. But Hawk suggests that he and Wonder Girl will go off together and the mere suggestion of that makes Speedy punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. Like, what a dick. Mm -hmm. Not cool. No. Hank's being a dick, too. I mean, Hawk Hank. I go back and forth between which I call him because his name and his code name are mm -hmm. so similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hank Hawk. Mm -hmm. Hank Hawk's being a real dick. But 
Speedy is overreacting for no reason. I know. Makes it sound like he's been partaking of his namesake. Ah, could be. Could be. So after Hawk and Dove leave in their civilian identities, Speedy is like, oh, geez, I really need their help to save our teammates. Mm -hmm. And he gets this moment where he goes, like, they've been interrogating the hypnotized head of the mafia who is under the thrall of the interdimensional douchebags. Douchebags, yes. They are indeed. <laughs> and he, he's lamenting to himself out loud, I drove them off with my crummy temper. Mm-hmm. And Wonder Girl starts to be like, hey, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. And then he turns on the guy they've been interrogating and just starts going, and you! And he picks him up and starts shaking him. I was like, dude, less than a second ago, you were lamenting that your temper got you into trouble. Yeah. And now you're picking up poor Chubbins and shaking him. Calling him lumpy. And <laughs> Did he call him lumpy? Somebody I know called Dove him called him Somebody Chubbins. Called, yeah, he got called Chubbins in one page and lumpy in another. They are really body shaming that poor, poor leader of the mob who's been hypnotized Mm -hmm. by interdimensional douchebags. Yeah. But yeah, it is kind of funny to see Hawk, or I'm sorry, Dove just come behind him and just like kind of put him in a sleeper hold and say like, not so fast there, chubbins. Or say, hold it, chubbins. Yeah. And the (laughs) next panel, somebody else calls him Lumpy. I think Mm -hmm. it is Speedy that calls him Lumpy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that bad guy's having a tough day. I yeah. like I kinda like the bad guy. He reminds me of um like a old timey James Bond baddie where you know, sitting behind the bank of computers with his chessboard. Mm-hmm. I I liked that too. Kill them all. It seems like that his chessboard was all rooks and pawns though. He's not very good. just yeah. like, oh, he doesn't know what those pieces do. Yeah, it's a he? prop. It makes him <laughs> he just uses them. Yeah. Well, and that was he did was hiding the self destruct button under them, mm-hmm. and I think maybe was getting the instructions through one of the chess pieces. Like maybe that's uh. the origin point of the broadcast hypnosis. <gasps> do you think the aliens are really what is it? Albino baboons? Oh my god. <laughs> No, but I like, think I, they, I like I like your your attempt to. I think they might be albino, but I think it might be a callback. I think <laughs> the aliens have somehow harnessed the power of the albino baboon, and that is how they are able. I think that would be delightful, but but uh, I I don't think Shitty Beastmaster is going to be able to bail, oh, bail us out. They sure. did make reference to in the last issue, I think, that many of the Titans' previous foes had been under the thrall. Of the Mafia group. The albino baboon was not a previous <laughs> foe. It was an ancillary character at best. The shitty Beastmaster <laughs> probably told them about the albino baboons. He's probably on their payroll. Probably so. I mean, the Scorcher is. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Larner is. Yeah. I bet shitty Beastmaster is too. Yeah, They yeah. said other agents have tangled with them. Yeah, well, I, I can find no fault with your hopeful logic. <laughs> Man, shitty Beastmaster was in the pay of Chubbins the whole time. Oh, jeez. Who was in the thrall of the douchebags from Dimension X? Oh, man. It's getting complicated. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. So, what was your favorite dialogue? Favorite dialogue? Um, I am going to go with one of the uh, one of the Spider-Man references that, that you mentioned before. Okay. And the, and the full sentence is... Gosh, I, I didn't write down who said it. It, it might have been... Might have been Speedy. Might have been Kid Flash. If only we had some way to determine it. 
It's Did you write down what page uh, it was? Yeah, 13 through 14. Oh, because that is a double-page splash. Okay. Well, I had I had good reason. Is it, it, it sounds like something Kid Flash would say. Is it not? No, it is speedy, in fact. Oh, okay. First guess was right. And he says, uh, Holy crippled cockroaches, dig that crazy, whacked-out spider. Man. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Was that the only one you had? Uh, no, there was another one that it wasn't really slang, but it just struck me funny, and it's on page 22. I can't believe you didn't get the one that I put down. Oh. But you didn't. Well. Oh, it's, it's, nobody says this, it's just a, uh, it's a... It's the omniscient narrator. The omniscient narrator says, in another dimension, an alien being is ticked off. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Which, which, what did you have that I, uh... Uh, it is very early on. It is when Robin is fighting Hawk... And he just says something that's so weird that I feel like it has to be a reference to something, but I don't know what it is. And he says, and I have to believe he says it like this. Look at the pretty bird I just pulled from the sky with my little yellow robin's wings. (laughs) And he breaks up the words. It's little. Definitely those three words are two syllables. And it's just fucking delightful. And I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, Robin. Yeah, that one actually made me laugh out loud when I read that. There was one other turn of phrase, too, when, when they're first getting, like, fired upon by the spider robot train thing. And uh, they're trying to figure out what's happening and, and what's going on. And it's uh, Speedy who... They're like, what is that thing that's shooting at us? And he says, whatever it is, group leader, talking to Robin, it's a (laughs) no-no. That's charming. And it's in quotes, too. Like, no-no is in quotes. Like, like, what is that? uh? Pretty good. So what was your favorite panel? So I had had two to choose from. One was uh, the Flasher's Arm Hurricane on page 11, where he, he spins his arm around and um, makes a, makes a hurricane. I thought that that was, that was pretty dynamic and, a good way to to solve the problem that they were having, and it's it's a cool panel too because because Kid Flash is is in the center and he's kind of crouched down and it's making this sort of like psychedelic spiral around him in which bad guys are like flying towards the reader mm-hmm. out of it's it's got a nice graphic quality to it. So that was one choice, and then the other one on page twenty one is is uh, Chubbins <laughs> like just totally tripping balls. When I, I because he's being hypnotized. He's being hypnotized by the aliens, and he's just both of his hands are sort of thrown up at the bottom of the panel, and his his eyes are bugging out, and he's too powerful, cannot cope, and I don't, I don't know, just the whole panel cracks me up. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. My favorite is the double panel spread of the Robo Spider Train attacking. Yeah, that is because um, awesome. that was just awesome looking and really cool my backup i guess would be the it's on page 11 and it's of speedy rapid firing arrows at the robo spider train mm-hmm. and it's really cool but yeah definitely robo spider train attacking that was one of the most badass machinations yeah that i've uh, i've seen to date yeah, better than the 20 story robo conquistador nope not better than that okay nope just checking just seeing where the bar is set on that so, who was your favorite Titan? It's a it's a it's a toss up. Um, one uh, Kid Flash because in general he was the, the sure cool he makes kind an of, arm hor- hurricane. Yeah, he, he's and he's the you know like you said sort of taking, taking the the sure. lateral, which which I I appreciated. This issue certainly needed it with all that testosterone Indeed. being flung about. It's kind of kind of gross in parts. Um, 
but then you know despite her kind of objectification and in, in one dimensionality there dimensionality there's why a, not thanks there's a, a part at the end where where uh wonder girl is is lecturing speedy about what a wood jerk he has been and she's like kind of like really letting him know and pointing her finger in his face and, and I appreciated that panel a lot so that was fun and and I think that Dove's reaction to that was just to like kind of pull Speedy aside and just be like come on buddy let's go she could be at this for years yeah kind of implying like a that like what a nag she is but I think more than that implying like because you're a total jerk mm-hmm. who did you have what was your choice um I'm actually gonna go with Dove with Dove. Yeah. The Zoidberg speech that he gives and that he figures out that the handcuffs are both malleable and explosive. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And it was just goofy seeing him just like rush into battle and then just kind of hug people. Mm-hmm. And don't forget the tripping balls knocking boxes over. Yeah, that that, that too. That was delightful. Uh, so, yeah. I know he's not officially a Teen Titan, but he is a teenage costumed hero who is teaming up with the Titans. And I think that's close enough. But... My real choice for favorite Teen Titan of this issue is, of course, Aqualad. Okay. So, I think that we should have a new segment called, What's Aqualad Probably Up To? Alright. So, what do you think Aqualad's probably up to during this issue? Oh, boy. Well, he's been spending a lot of time, you know, around, around Aqua Baby. Right, he's babysitting Aqua Baby. Clearly. He's in Atlantis. It's uh, set the scene. It's the summer of 1969. Mm-hmm. So I think that he is. It's it's still new enough in him not not being out crime fight, fighting that he's yeah. sort of enjoying the the downtime. Oh, so okay. Far. So you think that he's just like kind of hanging out in Atlantis with Aqua Baby? Yeah. Maybe watching some Shellovision. I, exactly. That's how they watch television uh-huh. in Atlantis. Yeah. This is like getting some popsicles out of the fridge. Yeah, I was or like whatever the Atlantean equivalent of um what era is the sixties like uh, cheese bugles. Sure, sure. No, I think that's when bugles, uh, okay. the corn bugles, yeah. are are coming out. He's probably got some so of those. They're probably like, shell shaped. It's like chilling on the couch, and you know, Aqua Baby. They're probably soggy. Sort of hanging out. Well, they they got their Atlantean. They they figured. Sure. It out. Okay. And he's watching. Um, you know, uh, what was the equivalent of a uh, music television back then? There was. A, did they have I a, a, don't believe there was a, one. A, a, Sullivan show. Okay, or, yeah, uh, I guess you could say the Ed Sullivan show is the equivalent of something with TV. Dick Clark, perhaps. All right, American that's Penn a possibility. Stand. All right, listening to some mop heads from Europe play their play their crazy music from See, the seafloor. I think maybe that's how things start off. But hmm. these extra dimensional aliens, they have it in for the original Teen Titans, the ones who thwarted them the first time. That's why I think they including, took Speedy and Aqualad. yeah, and so that would include Aqualad. So I think. That the extra-dimensional aliens mm-hmm. have probably taken over some Atlanteans the same way they've taken over the mob. Mm-hmm. And they want to get at Aqualad through Aqua Baby. And so <laughs> what probably is happening okay. is that they have tried to attack Aqualad. Aqualad fights them off. In the chaos, mm. Aqua Baby just crawls away. Oh. Gets into some shenanigans, like some real baby's day out shit. Okay. Like he crawls into like a construction scene and like has to dodge between the hammerhead sharks and the sawfish that are building some kind of like thing. Mm -hmm. And then Aqualad is like three steps behind him the whole time trying to rescue this crazy Aqua baby who is just oblivious to the whole thing. Having a great time. Having a ball. He's already do- he's already done away with the uh, 
alien-controlled uh, Atlanteans. Who, okay, he's just going to get the baby now. Yeah, now he's just chasing after that baby. And Aqua Baby makes it to the surface in his crawlings. Mm. And Aqu- Aqualad's like, oh no, what am I going to do? And then out of nowhere, Beaky comes down, scoops up Aqua Baby in his pelican pouch, takes him back to Aqualad, and is like, here you go, buddy. And mm. then when Aqualad thanks him, mm. you know what Beaky says? I, could, I couldn't imagine. He says, it's a living. <laughs> of course he does. And that is what Aqualad is probably up to. Oh, shit. Wow. You put some thought into that. Yeah, I had an alternate one that involved the, uh, the Stonewall riots, which were going on in the summer of 69. Maybe uh, Aqualad getting back into his old wet and wild gear. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but that's a tale for another time. We're going to do a what's Aqualad probably up to. <laughs> For every issue until Aqualad comes back and we find out what he's actually up to. Alright, I gotta get my game on. Alright, but that's what he's probably up to. Well, that brings us to the end of this issue. Uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, actually, before we do, real quick, I wanna, I wanna call out the back of this issue has an awesome ad on it for these glow-in-the-dark monsters that you can buy. It's these hobby kits that, uh... Yeah, these glow-in-the-dark, there's a series of monsters that you can buy, and they've got them all arrayed out, and these little tombstones that are making jokes have jokes written on them about mm-hmm. the various creatures. Uh, one of them says, what's newsome gruesome? And one says, play it cool, ghoul. And one says, when you gotta glow, you gotta glow. And so these are fun. Mm-hmm. But the monsters that it features are Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Phantom of the Opera, the Mummy, Dracula... Mm-hmm. and The Forgotten Prisoner of Castle Mare. Huh. So who do you think would win in a fight? Dracula, the Wolfman, Frankenstein, or The Forgotten Prisoner of Castle Mare? I think Dracula is the toughest. Ah, but everybody's sleeping on that Forgotten Prisoner. Yeah. He's totally forgotten. Mm. Everybody else is fighting it out. Last man standing. All of a sudden... I'm going to use my prisoner powers. Oh, you forgot about me. Oh. Why are you sleeping on a fake prisoner? The element of surprise. I guess what I'm saying is it's a weird inclusion to that monster. It is. Anyway, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this issue. Uh, thank you for taking part in it with me, Corey. My pleasure. I'm going to go maybe... Let's see, I donated some blood today. I think I'll maybe donate some other humors, because they're all out of whack. So I'm going to go donate some black bile, and some yellow bile, and some phlegm. Do you know if anybody's having a good phlegm drive? Nope. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, looks like I'm on my own. Thanks for listening. You're a wonderful audience, and I always love hearing from you guys. And we've gotten some really nice feedback. uh, Some from our new listeners, and... uh, we love to hear it, and we'd love to get more new listeners. So if you get a chance to write us a review on iTunes, that would help out a lot. But mostly, just thanks for listening, and keep on keeping on. I get to live another hour. Yay. Yeah.